Is this thing on? Hello? Yes, I'm here. Okay, let's go. who is listening welcome to another episode of scare traducing the first one in this new mini series as always i'm cal mcnab and i'm gisela martinez and we are the horror podcast that is serious about series we are talking about today annabelle annabelle correct the mini series is the conjuring spin-offs in the run-up to what will be released in the end of this month being the curse of la llorona well done with your R's. <laughs> La Llorona, La Llorona. That I'm really excited to see. Well, I'm not excited. No, I'm not excited. I'm excited honest. to talk about it because I like the legend of La Llorona. And, and you being Mexican, I'm hoping you can tell us more than, than I already know. I mean, what can I tell you about that? That it's basically a tale that my mom used to tell us to basically do whatever she wanted us to do. Yeah. Well, like, well, it's just like something that you tell kids, if you don't do this, if you don't eat your vegetables, if you don't go to bed, La Llorona is going to come and grab you and going to take you with her. Okay. So, yeah. Stop. We, we, we want to save some for the La Llorona episode. It's just to let people know that's what we're building up to. Just to let you know as well, the reason it's the Conjuring spin-offs and not the Conjuring series is because, well, two reasons. First of all, The Conjuring 3 is coming out next year, so that seems like a better opportunity to do The Conjuring main universe with um, The Warrens, um, which is a series we really like. And also, we actually just watched The Conjuring like three, four weeks ago, Yes, just before we decided to to start this podcast, so I'm kind of not really in the mood to go back and and watch it again. So it it seems like a good idea to just watch the spin-offs. So starting with Annabelle, which is the first spin-off. And then we'll take you through Annabelle Creation, The Nun, and The Curse of La Llorona, which was actually recently revealed to be a spin-off. You said you always thought it was supposed I to be. I always thought it was part of the universe. I don't know why. I I, I don't know. I just I think... you... Oh, it's because it says from the producers. It's from the producers of. Yeah. But um, it didn't actually say it was, it was set in the Conjuring universe until very, very recently. And I remember coming home and saying like, oh, did you see the news? La, La Llorona's part of a, it's a Conjuring film and he's just looking so disinterested <laughs> and being like yeah I know and I'm like how could you possibly know it's just been revealed and you're like they told me yeah. oh, well I always thought that and it's like oh for goodness sake so yeah that's what we're going to be doing today in the standard podcast type of things normally we'd be talking about the history with that's the kind of segment we had in the last mini series the pet cemetery Zella kind of pointed out to me that doesn't have a lot of future in it eventually <laughs> you'll just be covering the same sort of topics yeah so instead we're going to introduce a game okay let's see what's your game and my game is for you to identify the best horror films of the year of the film that we are talking about so I'll explain okay. that a little bit better this is so, 2014 correct Annabelle's 2014 okay now, I have, according to Rotten Tomatoes, which is not a website that is perfect in any way, but anyway, according to Rotten Tomatoes, I've got their top five horror films for 2014. Okay. Now, I can give them to you in a random order. Okay. And you have to put them in order. That's the game. Okay, let's do it. So, the first one is called In Fear. Okay. The second one is called Willow Creek. I think I, think I heard about that I've one. heard of that one, but I've never seen it. The first two, I've never seen. The next three, I've seen all of them. Third one, The Babadook. Okay. Fourth one, Honeymoon. Okay. Is that, is that the uh, Netflix one? No, Honeymoon no. is the one I've got on DVD with um, Rose... Oh my God, what's her name? The Scottish actress, but she doesn't sound Scottish. She's married to Jon Snow. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Oh, that the woman. ginger one, yes. yes. Oh, okay, the alien ones. Okay. The alien one, yeah, yeah. that film. Spoilers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, anyway. <laughs> and number five. I'm doing a Mark Ruffalo num- here. <laughs> number five is Oculus. Oh, okay. Which also stars a Scottish redhead in uh, Karen Gillan. So 
2014, good year for Scottish redheads in horror, apparently. So those are your five. Okay, but this is like... Um... According to Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, okay, no, like box office or anything. No, 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 I don't care about okay. the box office. Okay, well, Critic, I haven't scores. seen the first two. No, so... go from five to one. Well, I'm gonna, okay, I'm five to one, like five being like my least favorite. Mm-hmm. Yes, number cool. five, In Fear, number four, Oculus. Number three, Honeymoon. Two, Willow Creek. And number one, Babadook, my personal favourite. Uh, Babadook's my personal favourite as well, having not seen two of them. Okay, so tell so, me. So, how do you think you've done for your amazing, first ever attempt? Amazing, amazing. Okay, for your first ever attempt, I can tell you, you scored three out of five. There you go. And that's fair because I haven't seen In Fear or Willow Creek. I never heard of them. I have no idea what they're about. So I just put random numbers. So okay. yeah, tell me. Number five, uh-huh. critic score wise, was Honeymoon. Oh, okay. Which you had at number three. So that's one of the ones you got wrong. Okay. Number four. I have ding, Oculus. ding, 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 ding. Oculus. Okay. Number three, you had Honeymoon, yeah, which was wrong. Uh, in fear. Oh, okay. Which you had at number five. Oh, so I switched those you two. You switched those ah! two. Number two, Willow Creek, and number one, personal favourite, the Babadook. Babadook. <laughs> <laughs> which is, I mean, having not seen two of them, I would be very surprised if they were better than that because that film is easily the best. But yeah, so that's the start of the new game. We'll see if Isela ever scores five. Three out of five for first attempt. No bad. No hmm. bad. Well, here's a, here's a here's a challenge. How much do you want to bet, right? <laughs> I say that you score zero out of five oh before God. you score five out of five. If we do this game every episode. So how many episodes are those? Every every episode <laughs> we ever record. If we keep doing this for twenty years, I bet you there will be a time where you score zero out of five before you score five out of nope. five. No, okay. Ten pounds. Ten pounds. Simple bet. Yeah, uh, simple. Okay. In fact, no, 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 not ten pounds. Oh, I know. You said ten. Dinner. Okay, I always pay dinner anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, ten pounds, that's good. Okay, fine. Ten, uh, ten, pound, ten pounds and a bottle of Something. whatever wine. Okay. Okay. Agreed. Yay! You, if you listen to this, you heard it here first. I'll need, we'll need to write the bet on the, the whiteboard. <laughs> no, it's there on the internet, so... Yeah, but how often? You never listen to these. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, there you go. For anyone who was at our wedding, there's another example of our competition in gambling. Yep, we which love we this. pointed out when we were getting married. No healthy, but yeah, we love it. That's us. <laughs> so honeymoon was number five. Just to let you, just to fill you in a little bit more, seventy three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. How far off do you think Annabelle was? This isn't part of the game. Oh How my close God. do you think it came to seventy three percent? No idea. No idea. Not even close. It got twenty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So, terrible reviews. What? Absolutely terrible reviews. So, the film we're talking about today is Annabelle from 2014, as we have already said. It got absolutely shafted by critics, which is something we'll see if we agree with as we go on. I think, based on your reaction, people can tell that you disagree with that. (laughs) It cost $6.5 to make, and it, apparently, according to Wikipedia, made $257 at the box office. So massive success exactly. um, in terms of ticket sales. Not a big success with critics. Oh, but critics sometimes can be like really this and that. Uh, you're no better than me. So, okay, I'm not going to say bad words, but... So, um, my first bullet point then, talking about Annabelle, is that I like it more than most reviewers. I do like it less. We watched it a couple of nights ago and I always said I think critics were too harsh on this like you yeah. just said. I think the film is better than people review it to be or whatever. It does a fine job as a spin-off of The Conjuring um, main series which admittedly those ones are the best, right? If we could get the Warrens in every film I would take that any oh, day of the week. Yes. They are so good. Um, I will have them for breakfast. Yeah. Patrick and, and Vera. They're, they're brilliant. Love them. But for a spin-off about a doll <laughs> I, I really like it more than most reviewers. Even though I like it less now, I do still like it more than most reviewers. You, I mean, you hate dolls. Uh, but you know what? That's the <laughs> thing. I hate dolls, but I love the fear, the, oh, just to watch something like. Do you think, though, that the doll. It is creepy. I know do what you think you're going to say. It's too creepy. It's too creepy. Like you would, but you're I watching think... a film and you go, who would buy that? Exactly. And I have it in my. 
one of my points there. But I think they fixed that on Annabelle Creation. Spoilers for Annabelle Creation. They do. That's they make fine. it look. They make it in Annabelle Creation. The second one, softer. It's base. still creepy. Oh but yeah. They do. They have. They can tell that they have made it look less creepy. They're nicer. So you would believe that somebody would buy it. It kind of looks like a mini person. Yeah. Still but, a creepy mini person. Like if you're watching this film, as I say, you're just watching it going, "There's no way you would buy that." And she's she acts <laughs> oh, like, "Oh, who who actually would play with that?" What's her name? Mia Annabelle Wallace, played by Mia. No, the other way around. Mia, played by Annabelle Wallace, and she's like, "Oh my god, you didn't? You bought it for me?" So yeah, getting right in then. The film is set. I thought it was set in the sixties. You're telling me it's set in the seventies. The seventies, yes. So tell us a little bit about the opening then. Well, what do you want me to say? <laughs> It is in 1970. So how does the film start? The film starts with... We'll start with the same opening scene of the film The Conjuring. Is it the same opening scene? It is, is it, the same. Is it exactly the same? Well, like I don't know, but with the three, talking about... the three guys, well, the two girls and the guy, telling the Warrens, like, we have this doll mm-hmm. and weird things are happening, so please help us. And then they start telling the story and then cut. That's to what the movie... One year earlier. Yes, that's when the movie starts. The movie proper starts, okay. Yeah, so you get in that first shot, Annabelle. Obviously, you see her like all covered in like smoke, mm-hmm. broken, and you're like, nah, I wouldn't play with that. That's super creepy. It takes one year earlier. So you see this couple mm-hmm. that they're expecting a baby. Yep. You see them coming up from the church, having like conversation with other couples, and they are on their way to their house and that's when they keep talking about baby names. Mm-hmm. So oh, they're yeah. discussing the baby names and you can see was is what's the name of the husband, John Gordon. Is uh, that, is Gordon the, the surname? Uh the surname, I don't know about the surnames. Um I just know John John Form apparently. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Okay, well Mia Form and John Form. Just a quick note about the names. You know that the names apparently are a tribute to Rosemary's baby. Oh, I kind of because heard that. Because Mia Mia Farrow, that's it, plays Rosemary, okay. and John Cassavetes oh, plays her the, husband. Oh, that's cool. So the characters are called Mia and John. Okay, anyway. yeah. So you feel you can see John feeling uncomfortable without discussing the baby names with the neighbors and things like that, and they're like, "Oh, we shouldn't be discussing this with you because the neighbors had like." Kind of telling you that they had a problem with their daughter. No, it's Mia that says to to John, she says, we shouldn't talk about baby in front of them. It's only been a year since they lost their daughter. And then John says, they didn't lose their daughter. No, no, no. I'm saying when they're having the conversation with the baby, he, you can see John is uncomfortable having the conversation because of that. Oh, okay, okay. You're not listening to me. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you meant when they... they but, well, that's what happens, essentially, is they, they go into each other's house... The yes. neighbors, and she says it's only been a year since our neighbors lost their baby, and John says they didn't lose their baby. She ran away with a cult or whatever. Yeah, with crazy hippies or yeah. whatever. So they start having a discussion, like oh, like you don't like to talk about the baby in public. Mm-hmm. Well, like she feels kind of like sad about it, and mm-hmm. he's like, you know what? I was thinking like to give you this when the baby comes, but whatever, whatever. But I'm gonna give you the surprise that I have for you. Yeah. <laughs> and he comes with this big, massive box. Yep. And she's like, "Oh no! Oh no! Really?" And like she already knows what it is. Yep. She opens opens it, and then you see for the first time, like in a kind of good shape, Annabelle. The most terrifying doll you've horrible, ever seen in your life. Horrible. Nobody would ever buy it. <laughs> exactly. Like, who will ask for that kind of gift? And, and then when the, she puts it on the shelf. Yeah. And he's like, that completes the set, doesn't it? It's way bigger than the other dolls. Like, the other dolls are like, <laughs> they're like dwarves next time. Annabelle is massive. I know. And you're like, how is that a set? The two dolls are like, you know, these... They're not tiny, but they're decent sized. But they're the size of Annabelle's legs. Basically. And then you've got this giant doll next to them. You're like, that's a set. And also, the other two dolls... I mean, you don't like dolls, so you probably Uh think they look creepy. All of them. But they look like dolls, whereas Annabelle looks actively possessed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, already possessed. You can see. Warning. 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 So, we had a little bit of... 
audio issues with the rest of the recording. So basically, he forked it up. I forked it up. Yes. I tried to tweak the um, audio input halfway through the, the episode, and it's still recorded. You could still hear us. It just got significantly quieter. And so we listened to it a little bit last night and decided, scrap it from now on and we'll just go through the rest of the movie from here on in. So this is us, hopefully with decent recorded voices this time. (laughs) I'm not touching anything. We're going to go back into Annabelle and pretty easy point to jump in at. It's night number one. Uh, Yeah, just put your hands where I can see it. (laughs) So, So, yeah, the night after... Not after anything, this is the first night. (laughs) So, essentially, this scene is really good. This is one of my favourite scenes in the entire movie, so... It feels so tense for the whole seven minutes, I think it is. I I don't know how long it is, but it's so tense, so good, and you are just biting your nails this whole time. Essentially... The camera's sitting in John and Mia's bedroom, and they're asleep. It's it's nighttime, and you can see out their bedroom window and across into their neighbor's house, which is sit sits opposite theirs. You can see straight into their bedroom window, and the neighbor's light goes on, and they get out of bed. And obviously, because it's in another house, you can't hear it. They get out of bed, and they're clearly panicking about something. The wife picks up the phone, and the man goes out of shot, and there's a couple of beats of silence. Before you get a massive jump scare. Oh, amazing jump scare. Um, the music goes like... <laughs> and like blood splats up against the wall. And the, the, the husband comes back in and his neck's been slit. And he collapses on the ground. And then all of a sudden, another man sort of enters the frame holding a knife. Yeah. Climbs on top of the wife who's in bed who was on the phone. Like, presumably, presumably to the police. And he... Stabs her and she lets out a huge scream, but the light flicks off just as she screams. The scream wakes up Mia, who you see wake up and she looks across, lights off, everything seems fine. Yeah. But she knows something's not right. So she wakes up um, John and says like, you know what, I think I heard something. Can you go and check? Because I think that that's something that they will do for us if I will scream. So John is like, stay here in the house. I'm going to go and check. Please, just come down, relax, because remember, you are pregnant. Mm-hmm. So, John gets inside the house, and Mia's just looking around, and it just looks like a regular summer night. And then She John... gets a bit restless, and she decides to go over as well. Yeah, she gets kind of like in the front porch, but then John's com- John come ba- comes back, and he's all covered in blood, and he says to me, yeah, call the police. So Go inside she, and call the police. So yeah. she goes back to her house and is, like, all clearly upset, trying to call the police and say, like, oh, my God, I don't know what happened. It's a lot of blood. Just please come mm-hmm. over here. And while you see her talking on the phone in the background, you see a woman passing. Yeah, one of the people that... It's in, so creepy. One, one of the people that invaded their neighbor's house and have murdered their neighbors. They've now made their way into Mia and John's house and Mia's unaware of this. So she phones the police and And she goes in and sort of like change her clothes or something. So she goes to the bathroom and just changes the clothes, changes shoes or something. And then she hears something. She you can see her doing things in the in the room, but at the same time you see the baby room that is where all the doors, do, dolls, dolls are. Kept, yeah. And you see this woman uh, grabbing Annabelle. Mm-hmm. And you, and then, like, I think Mia comes out and starts, like, trying to look what's going on. Mia walks out and then Mia hears her. The woman, the woman's, you see the woman holding Annabelle. And then she says, I like your dolls. So and, <laughs> and then Mia realizes there's someone else in her house. And that's when you get a second jump scare. The man is also in the house, and he stabs Mia in the pregnant belly. Oh my god. John comes in just in time to start off a fight, to try and save his wife, and then, just as that's going not great, the police arrive just in time, they shoot the attacker, the male attacker, and they don't have to shoot Annabelle. It turns out that's who the, the I like your dolls woman was. They don't have to shoot her because... She commits suicide. She commits suicide. 
Yeah. Um, and as they're leaving, they see her slit, or she slit her throat. They see her body. That, that scene is really good because <clears throat> you see the woman holding Annabelle, mm-hmm. and then there's a drop of blood yep. that gets into Annabelle's face mm-hmm. and slowly gets inside Annabelle's eyes and absorbs it. Absorbs like her it. eye, the doll's eye absorbs this woman's yeah, blood. It's, yeah, it's, oh, it's so creepy. You know, like, uh, something's gonna happen. <laughs> and sure enough, stuff does happen. But uh, in the meantime, we are informed that the baby has survived. Yeah. So Mia's okay. She needs to rest. The baby's fine. So John put everything together in the room, like the TV, like to make popcorn and everything. Like So she's comfortable now that she needs to rest, so the baby's fine. And then they just she falls asleep. She's tired. The next day, she is sewing in that that room. Is yep. that the room? She's sewing in her bedroom. Yeah. I love this scene because it's so simple. But it gets me. I don't know why. Is this a popcorn bit? Yeah, it's a popcorn. So she's sewing and in the kitchen, something has put on popcorn on the hobs. Yeah, from from the previous day. Because she falls asleep. No, but, they, but something's turned them on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She doesn't put the popcorn on. Oh, no, they, they were just... Yeah. It was just there. Yeah. But something has turned the uh, the hobs on, so the popcorn's starting to heat up. And it starts to obviously pop. But she can't hear it because she's sewing. And watching TV at and the watching same TV, time. And it bursts into flames. That leads to the kitchen going on fire. That leads to the house going on fire. But you know what? I wasn't <laughs> worried about the fire. I was about... Because the camera angle mm-hmm. is in a way that you're seeing her face looking at the TV and then looking at the sewing machine. But then you see like, oh my God, it's going to get to her finger. She's going to get on the finger. Yeah. So when she saw it, finally all this tension, like you know, the Mia's eyes, the fingers, the TV, blah blah, the, this tri- triangle. <laughs> she cuts her finger on the sewing machine. Yeah, and it's, it's it's horrible. I think it's so <laughs> simple. It's so simple, but it's horrible. You can like uh, kill the woman with the doll and a lot of blood there, but this scene, just like uh, cutting the but finger. But that's when. So she cuts her finger, and that's when she realizes. There's, something, There's wrong. something wrong in the kitchen. Goes into the kitchen. Smoke realizes she needs to get out of the house. Um, as she's getting out of the house, as uh, she's get, trying to escape, she falls over. She's on the ground and she's crawling towards the door to get out. And just as she's on her way towards the door, something, something grabs, grabs her. her and pulls her back. And then, you know, a split second after that, people burst in to get her out of the house and try and help put the fire out or whatever to, to save her eventually. But, but don't worry. Again, she's... She's fine. Now we see her with the baby. Finally, the baby is born. But she tells John, you know what? I'm not going back to that madhouse. I don't feel safe for me and for the baby. So, I mean, they're wealthy, I think. They must be. Yeah, because let me tell you something. Mm. Mia's outfit in all (laughs) this movie, they are quality. People is wearing what she's wearing there. Like, Love, love her clothes. You can say that is expensive. Yeah. No, the 70s. Expensive. (laughs) Expensive in the 70s. So they move to this new apartment. It's a really nice building. Looks like the building out of Rosemary's Baby. Oh, yeah, actually, it does. Looks like that building. Yeah. And yeah, the place is really nice. And obviously Mia assumes that life's going to be fine there. So John, you know, continues to go on to work and leaves her alone in the apartment during the day. Things don't go perfectly. There's a yeah. couple of hints some stuff were happening. So basically, she was unpacking the boxes mm-hmm. uh, because they're still like... Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Like they just moved. And she discovers Annabelle is in one of those the boxes. Doll. So she had asked John to throw the doll away because the, the the psycho woman had it in her hands. She's like, get rid of it. I don't want that in, in, her, in her place. But you see John throwing it away. But then all of a sudden, Annabelle is back, the doll. And but this time she keeps... But she keeps, says, like, it must it. have got mixed up because of the fire. Yeah, so she's like, oh, I'm going to just embrace gonna this. I'm just mm. going to, yeah, just own it. That's fine. But what she doesn't know is the doll is the cause of all her problems. <laughs> I know. And the things are only going to get worse from here. <laughs> <laughs> what nerve was that? That's my creepy laugh. <laughs> So, is it the first night then where 
she's alone in the apartment and she thinks she sees something by the window. This is another scene I love. And she goes to the window, something blows, blows, you know, like as if a massive gust of wind comes through the window, knocks her back, and as it comes back, she... No, sorry, as she falls back, a little girl runs past her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... And she's like, oh my god, I'm not alone here. I'm not alone. What's going on? Who the hell is that? So she follows the wee girl down the hallway, can't find her anywhere, and she goes into her, her bedroom, or our room, or whatever. Nobody's in there, it's fine. And then she turns around, and who's there? Across the hallway, the wee girl. Yeah. And the wee girl just stands looking at her, and you're like, this is really creepy, what the hell's going on? And the door starts to close on the room that Mia is in, and just before the door closes... Oh, it's amazing. It's so good. The wee girl begins to run towards her. (laughs) So, basically, essentially what happens, if you haven't seen it, wee girl... Is there, door begins to close. If the door closes all the way, you're not going to be able to see the wee girl. Just before the wee girl goes out of shot, because of the door closing, she starts to run. Door continues to close, you can no longer see her. Door bursts open, but it isn't a wee girl who's now running into the room. It's a full-on grown-ass woman. It's basically the woman that died in the other house. And, yeah, it's a great jump scare. It's so good. It's really, really good. So, points for the director of Annabelle. For, for those two jump scares that, that we mentioned, essentially, the, the, the first night and then the first night in this apartment, they're absolutely terrific. I I love them. Uh, they're some of the reasons why I think people are too harsh in this movie. Because it's got some really good stuff. Yeah. Does anything else happen that night? I mean, she just gets really scared, but I don't think anything else happens. No, I think it's that. And, and then just the next day, she's going down the stairs and she sees the neighbour kids... Colouring in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I do like that scene, right? Yeah, I wrote down the wee boy. There's a wee boy and a wee girl on the stairs, and Mia's taking her daughter out for, you know, a walk, taking the baby out or whatever, and the wee boy and girl are drawing on the stairs, and Mia asks her, like, oh, those are nice drawings or whatever, and she says, what's your name? And the wee girl's about to tell her, and the boy goes, don't tell her your name. We don't know her. She's a stranger. And she goes, oh, that's very good. My name's Mia. I live in apartment whatever. So what's your name again? And the wee girl goes to tell her again. And the wee boy goes, I said don't tell her. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite lines in the movie. It's just that's so your stupid. American accent. That's my wee boy American accent. <laughs> I don't know. I just really like that line. I wrote it down. I said don't tell her. I said don't tell her. And so she, for P word girl. tell her. The, the poor wee girl doesn't get to, to make a new friend. <laughs> that was my Kardashian accent. I don't care. Ah. Oh. <laughs> like, don't tell her. So then, um, after she's met the wee boy and girl, obviously they come back into it kind of later on, when she finds drawings on her stairwell, which hint at the idea that her baby is going to be crushed by a truck, which is horrific, but... That's kind of like um, Rosemary's Baby, like the the stroller thing. And... The stroller, yeah, definitely. And then later on, obviously, the, the truck does crash into an empty stroller, pram, whatever you want to call it. Um, that, that That's later on. So essentially what happens now is Mia meets a new friend. Yeah, she goes to a bookstore run by a woman named Evelyn that... Is African American. Why we're pointing this out? Because it's quite it's important, a, it's important for Callum. It's, it's not. Oh, it's not important for me. I mean, it is. It's important. It's important. I think in the context of how insanely out of touch this film is, considering it's only like five years old. I don't know if I noticed it when I watched it in the cinema, but watching it like a couple of nights ago, I just turned around and was just like, I cannot believe that we've got a film from twenty fourteen that that has this sort of trope in it. So we'll, we'll get on that later, so, but Mia anyway, makes a new friend, who's yeah, Evelyn, she's in the who is African-American. That yes. is important. So she is in the bookstore, mm-hmm. and she gets a book called The Devil's Welcome. But she's in church, she's just looking in this religious section, and Evelyn, the woman, sees her, and is like, what are you actually looking for? And she's like, oh, nothing, nothing. And she's like, no, 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 you have to tell me, because... I had my own experiences. Trust me, I have an open mind. 
So she tells her a little bit of her experiences, what happened in the previous house, what happened in this one, and she thinks is something is like like disturbing her, like something's maybe something's attached to itself happening. to her. Yes. Yeah. So she tells her like I I just think that someone wants my baby soul or something, yeah. whatever. So Evelyn helps her and tell like give her like another kind of book and says, you know what? I th- what think what it's like behind all these things happening to you. It's a demon. Mm-hmm. So read this, um, do this, and you'll be fine. And um, just and well, just be with your family and things like that. Evelyn's advice couldn't be worse, though, <laughs> because she's not fine. Because it might be the even the next night or whatever, but it's not long after she's in the basement. Oh, oh my God! This is. Um, Mia is alone in the basement and this is the scene I always remember about this film. I <laughs> love this I scene. Love. I, it's so good. Okay, you'll probably hear a lot of like, we love, we love, but we do! It's so good! This scene is, watch, is really, really good. Watch the whole movie just because of this scene. Yeah, I would, I would absolutely say that. Right. So, she's in the basement, baby is crying, not her baby because her baby is not in the basement, it's back in the apartment. She hears the baby crying, she looks over to the other side of the basement a pram or stroller rolls out into the middle of nowhere. She goes up to the stroller, which is a terrible idea, and lifts up the covers to reveal what's underneath, and it's nothing. And then she looks up, and behind the pram is a demon. The ram. The the ram. It's a... The demon. It's a demon, yeah. And the demon grabs her arm, leaving a mark on her arm, which is a mark that you see a couple other places in the film, but the mark's not really all that important. It just crops up. <laughs> so, obviously, she's just been grabbed by a demon. Not great. No. Definitely, I mean, it's not in my top ten things I want to happen. If I was offered a 50-50, do you want to get grabbed by a demon? I would squarely fall into the <laughs> no camp. Like, absolutely not. So she is terrified, runs to the left... Elevator. Elevator for our American um, friends. <laughs> Basically, Odette and Daniel that listen to this podcast in Atlanta. Eh, Atlanta. Right. Zella's made a key mistake there. Because 10 minutes ago, we mentioned that we've had to do this recording again. <laughs> <laughs> in the Annabelle Creation episode, I explicitly state that we forgot to mention that Odette and Daniel. <laughs> but we did! And now we've mentioned them. <laughs> So, so you're welcome. Both episodes are now going to make us seem like idiots, but <laughs> that's fine. Like now we're going to make them popular. Hashtag make Odette and Daniel popular. <laughs> um, anyway, so she runs to the left stroke elevator to get uh, away, and um, the doors close, and she presses her floor, and she's like, "Oh my god!" She thinks the lift moves, doors open, and she like breathes a sigh of relief, and she walks out. But what we know that she doesn't is that the lift has gone absolutely nowhere. She's still in the basement. Oh, my God. And it takes her a couple of seconds to realise, oh, I'm still down here with whatever the hell that thing was. So she rushes back into the lift. Bing, 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 like pressing oh the door. God, and the door the closes. And the camera just sits in one place. It sits <laughs> in the corner of the lift. So the camera sits in the corner of the lift, so you can see her back up against the wall, slamming the buttons, and the door going, ding, close. No, you're safe. Ding. Open. Oh my god, I'm not. <laughs> button, 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 button. Ding. Close. Okay, I'm safe. This time has to be the one. Ding. Open. <laughs> oh my god, ya cierrate, por favor. <laughs> button, 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 button. Ding. Close. Oh no, it's horrible. <laughs> and by this point, you're like, I already know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> But you're expecting the door's going to open and that demon thing's going to be there and the doors do open again and nothing is there. So she realises whatever is there is not going to make itself known to me. It's just waiting for me to come out and I'm going to have to because Mm. the lift isn't going anywhere. She sees an exit, runs to the exit, out into the exit and then she's running up the stairs and this is where I start to not like the scene. So why the, because that's worth like cardio for a month? <laughs> one of the reasons that I think I don't like this film as much as I used to, although I still like it more than than most people, but 
I thought it was a lot better than when I rewatched it. I was like, eh, it's gone down. And the reason is, I think it looks cheap sometimes. And this, when it gets to the stairs, and it's oh, all the, the lightning, lights. it's all the flashing. Okay, yeah. It looks like a TV movie. Or a student-made movie. It just, yeah. it doesn't really work. But anyway, so she's running up the stairs, and she stops, turns round, and at the she's at the top of the stairs, and at the bottom of the stairs is this ram, like really shadowy, black, naked demon thing. Mm-hmm. It's just crouched on the stairs, and it's just looking up at her, and it doesn't move. Oh, it's, it's it, so it's, creepy. That's creepy. And then you get a flash of light, and then boom, it's right in front of her, jump scare. Aww. And it's good, it's great. I love that entire scene. And she goes straight to the apartment. She's freaking out, so, obviously. Yeah, she's, she's hysterical. Like, that's it. So they, the couple, contact Padre Perez. Father Perez, yes. <laughs> Father, uh, name is the same. <laughs> uh, how can I translate Perez? Padre Perez is Father Ferez? <laughs> um, so, yeah. He um, is the link to the Curse of La Llorona, by the way. Yeah. So, he's the one that's in the trailer playing the same character. So, this is how it's all connected. But So, they contact him. and So, yeah. here's where Father Perez give us the demonic history. Yeah, exposition. Yeah, what I, do, I love What this. do the audience need to know? But, yeah, but the, <laughs> you know what? I love this. More, like, for example, I just in horror films. Yeah. Now I love to know more about the history of the... Bible or but the Old you know, Testament right, but it, or the the seven hills right, and all that. But thing. here's my point: That's it good. might not be history. They they could write whatever they want. They uh, can literally write whatever they want, and you go, oh. No, but this I think in each horror film, I like this part yeah. where they explain to me. Uh, I'm going to write a horror film. Whatever. I'm going to write a horror film. My goal in life now is to write a horror film. With no demonic history. No, with the demonic history, and it's and it turns out that all the history of demons comes from East Kilbride. <laughs> Why you mention East Kilbride? Nobody knows about East Kilbride. That's the point. Is like you're saying, like you're like like learning, but you could write whatever you want. Mm-hmm. It's just to make the film scary, whatever. <gasps> anyway, can we say it comes from Oregon? Yeah, Oregon. Yeah. Because it's so hot, like hell. <laughs> so, Father Perez teaches them a bit about the demon that's that's uh, that they're dealing with, and offers to take the doll because the doll is being used as a conduit. Yeah. For the spirit, he's going to take it and give it to a couple of paranormal th- investigators that he knows, um, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Mm, I wonder who they are. <laughs> so that's our connection for the conjuring. Yeah. So he takes it, drives to the church, carries it, heads in towards the church. And of course he's not going to go inside the church. <laughs> of course not. So the demon something, is like, come back. Something stops him from getting inside the church and leaves him for dead. So the next scene, I believe, then is he's in the hospital. Turns out he's not dead, Father Perez. And John is with him. He tells John a little bit more about, I, I've seen the evil that, you know, is is after you now. Like, I've seen it, I've felt it, it's attacked soul, me. Yeah. And what it is after is it's after a soul. However, it cannot get a soul unless one is offered. Now, the assumption is it wants baby's soul. Gets a baby, yeah. And so John's like, how can that happen? My baby and can't then, even oh. offer a soul. And then all of a sudden, click, realise... It's not after the baby's soul at all. It's after Mia's soul. So, John phones Mia, who is at home with Evelyn, smartly not alone this time. Yeah. And tries to tell her the message to get out. But the phone line is all crackly. There's a lot of static. And then it just cuts off. Of course. Obviously, demons playing havoc. Yeah. Doesn't want people to get told what's going on. <laughs> Essentially, this is basically the end of the film. It's Mia and Evelyn... Versus this is my the demon. This is, this is my least favourite part of the film. Part. But there are bits in it that I do like. So it's Mia and Evelyn versus the demon. They're yeah. trying to stop it getting <laughs> to the baby. That's essentially what it is, right? Yeah. But the demon, through a jump scare, manages to get Evelyn out of the apartment. So she's now locked out. Evelyn's now trapped inside, alone, battling whatever has taken her baby. Because the baby has Mia. gone missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mia. Sorry. The baby has gone missing. Oh, I know which scene you're this gonna is, mention. This is yeah, so good. yeah, yeah, I totally forgot about it. So she sees Annabelle on the couch, goes into the baby's room, goes over to the cot, 
lifts off the covers. Annabelle's in the cot. Baby's not anywhere. How can Annabelle she be? just hear the baby crying and crying and she's all she different find look her. Here, looking around. So she takes the Annabelle doll and smashes its head against the side of the I Give me my cot. baby! Give me my baby! My baby! My baby! And threw that stupid doll around there. Yeah, so after um, the baby, or sorry, not the baby, um, Annabelle gets smashed against the cot. Mia is like, get me my baby, as, as I said, throws it across the room, and then the crying stops, looks across the room, turns out Annabelle's no longer across the room, something else is across the room, it's a baby's body, Aww. and I remember the first time seeing this in the cinema, <laughs> my heart was in my mouth, my throat, like I was just, I couldn't believe that they had done this, like I was like, oh my god. Like, even, you expect something like this from, like, extreme cinema, like Lars von Trier or something weird like that. Yeah. Gaspar Martyrs. Noé. Yeah, Martyrs. I don't expect to go to, like, a date night popcorn horror film yeah. and see a mum bash her baby's head <laughs> against the side of a cot <laughs> and then discard the corpse halfway across. Like, it's insane. So she runs across and she's holding her baby's body like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. What have I done? <laughs> and then you hear... <laughs> and she looks down at the baby's body and double fake it's a doll just another it's just doll. another doll so the movie kind of has its cake and eats it where it like it's like it gives you that moment going holy jesus did they actually just do that i can't believe they just do that and everyone in the cinema is like oh my god they just killed the baby like not only did they just kill the baby but they bashed its head in and then like 30 seconds later they're going Ah, no, never mind. They haven't killed the baby. <laughs> Turns out they haven't killed the baby. The baby is safe in the front room. Well, not safe. Some books are getting thrown at it, but the demon isn't able to hit the baby. I presume because it doesn't actually want to kill the baby. Otherwise, how come it's so perfect and it can't hit a baby with Yeah, a the demon just wants the soul, so it's I like, don't think do it wants whatever to kill I it. want. Yeah. yeah. If I'm going to hurt your baby, so just give me whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever I want. Yeah. So... Uh, then Evelyn goes back into gets into that room with the baby gets her baby safe like is holding it and I think this is the only time we ever see Annabelle move the doll is on the ground oh yeah and it like sits up and then stands up and then it starts to float up and you're like well, what on earth's going on and then it, you see behind it it's the ram demon that's actually holding the doll um, but for the first five seconds or so when it moves for the first time it's just the doll you see um, yeah. So that's kind of weird because you never see Annabelle move, which I like because I think it would look daft. Like, for example, in Annabelle Creation, when it moves its head, you don't see it. It's all off camera mm-hmm. and stuff. So I like that. But anyway, that scene is kind of kind of cool because it's the only time you see it happen. And she realizes what is needed to stop all this. I need to give my soul over to this ram demon in order to save my family, to save my baby. John bursts in with Evelyn. And they find Mia on the window ledge. She's about to jump off and kill herself. She's like, I have to do this. This is what I'm going to do to save my family. John manages to grab her just in time, pull her back and save her. And they're having just and a discussion. They're like, having like, like an argument, like hug argument. Yeah. Like, we need to decide that this is how it stops. And they hear like, what are we going to do? And <laughs> But while they were having this discussion... Somebody else managed to decide to get onto the window ledge. Who do you think <laughs> it is? Good old African American Evelyn, and here's why it's important. Why, why her race is important. Okay, tell us. Evelyn turns to them and says, "It's what my daughter. This is for my daughter." So it turns out her daughter has died. And she I'm mentions that our daughter is, has been dead and she's been grieving, and so she says something like, "This is to see my daughter, or this is for my daughter. I'm going to help your family by sacrificing myself." And she jumps out the window, kills herself. That's it. She's. Evelyn is, you know, scrambled eggs on the ground. And you know what? Like, she's all dead there, like, with blood on the floor. And this couple, like, they don't give I don't think they really care. But that's not the point. The point isn't necessarily that. The point is, this film has one African-American character in it (laughs) whose sole purpose is to die and save the white family, who she doesn't even really know. Yeah. Because her daughter's dead? We need an African-American. They're going to be all wise and knowledgeable, like the Green Mile, and they know everything. They're going to save the day. 
They're going to, you know, sacrifice themselves. You have one African-American character dies, saves the white folks that she doesn't even really know that well. So basically like, what Cal is it. saying is like he wants someone white to die. No, not necessarily. <laughs> it doesn't it just be a white person that dies. It just It's such a cliche like to kill the black person. That's yeah, a cliche in horror films, right? Or the and blonde, then, dumb. Yeah, right. But, but to kill a black person, that's a cliche. Scream made fun of that like 20 years ago. Right? Same with The House of Wax. Have you seen that movie? It's really good. Did they kill a black person in that film? Yes, and then they killed Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton is not black. No, but then there's just, she's the dumb blonde. Yeah, but that's diff- that's a different stereotype. There's no dumb blonde in this film. So it doesn't apply. No, but there's like a rule. First the black, then the dumb blonde. But there's the no partisan. dumb blonde in this film. I'm just saying. Like, she was the first in line, the only one. So she needed to oh die. Oh my god. That's the point. The point is, it's such a cliche. To have a black person and kill them off. It's also a cliche for the black person to help the white people. Kind of like Green Book. That everyone said at the Oscars. Like, his character only exists so that the white guy can no longer be racist. That's the only reason he meets um, Mahershala Ali's character, really. Mm. He's like, he doesn't really do anything. And then at the end of it, oh, look at this guy. He's no longer a racist. Isn't that terrific? (laughs) Not really. Like, he should have been racist at the start. So, um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that film anyway and and yeah I don't get it like why does she sacrifice herself she doesn't really even know this family so she's gonna go to hell does she assume her daughter's in hell like I don't get it <laughs> oh my daughter's in hell so I'll go there like I'll, I'll see my suicide. daughter again by committing suicide and giving my soul over to this demon to see my daughter who I presume is also in hell I don't get it that's me this film is the end is baffling and then as Zizella says you cut to later on and Mia and John really look like they couldn't care less about the <laughs> fact that Evelyn has sacrificed them. Like, I would be... They're just hugging and looking at the baby and... Yeah, and they, like, they talk about, like, where did the... a dead person where did the Annabelle? Where did the Annabelle doll go? Well, we don't know. I just hope that whoever gets it next gets the help that they need to deal with it. And you're like, um, a black lady jumped out <laughs> of her your window... To save you and your family's soul, and the only time you'd met her was at a bookstore? Like, why do you care about who else is going to find the doll? Oh, God, who's going to find that doll? Her soul has been taken by a demon. (laughs) Talk about that, rather than, you know, presuming that whoever's going to find it next is going to get in trouble. It's just mad. The end of this film is so tonally off that that's why it brings it down a couple of notches. Where I'm just watching it going... It's not woke. Let's <laughs> put it that way. Oh, well. So now we're six month, months later. Yeah. You see the family being happy and moving on from what happened in the past. Yeah, basically they're fine. That's it. They, but then it cuts to a shop. Then they cut to the shop where a woman is looking for a special gift. Mm-hmm. It's like an antique shop. And she sees this beautiful doll apparently according to her like oh my god what is it oh that's a unique doll it's a little bit more expensive than the other ones oh that's what i need but what kind of doll is this of course it's annabelle how annabelle got there we have no idea but she got there to that antique like shop and it's expensive like come on you're paying for a really really expensive doll Plus a demon. Plus oh a my demon. God. Oh, well, probably Buy that's one, get one free. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So, <laughs> after this, it cuts on this black screen yep. with a quote mm-hmm. that says, Evil is real. And while we can contain it, we can never get rid of it. Lorraine Warren. <laughs> and that's Mrs. Vera Famiga, or the character she plays in the Conjuring films. And then you get a long, slow zoom in of the Annabelle doll. Yeah. Um, And you're just waiting. It's got this creepy children's music in the background. And you're waiting for her to move. And it's like she's looking dead-eyed down the camera, like at the audience. And and it zooms right in in her face. That's the music. Yeah. And then it just just goes, it just waits a couple of seconds too long. You're like holding... You're like, she's going to move, she's going to move, jump scare, black. Oh, what 
but and you're still, I, I think you're still it doesn't let you release all your tension I know. you're just like my back oh. hurts <laughs> like hurts so bad after that but yeah so that's annabelle that's annabelle we are defenders of annabelle so one of our section is mm-hmm. in a word mm-hmm. so my word for this movie is captivating I will say it, it gets me, it gets me wanted more. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> My word would be um, underappreciated. Yeah, it is. Even though it's it's dropped a wee bit in my estimation since I last saw it, I, I still would think this movie is a great, like, good fun horror popcorn watch. Oh, definitely. I, I really do enjoy it. And then, favorite death. Oh well, for me will be Annabelle Higgins. Higgins. Yeah, sorry, that's I the that's the, so that's the the girl that commits suicide as she's holding the doll. Yes, just because she commits suicide for a purpose. For a purpose. Like to, to get to get her soul to get inside a demon, to yes, to get to bring to make the whole world. Um. Madness. I don't know. I, I just like that. Yeah. There you go. You think your job's hard? What about this woman? She had to commit suicide to bring forth a demon. Exactly. You know. Working nine to five doesn't seem so bad now, does it? <laughs> <laughs> My favourite death is the I can't the Higgins family, the parents. I don't know the their their names. When you see them across the, the way and dad gets a stroke like that whole scene i love that scene um great jump scare great deaths yep. great start to the whole horror of the movie love it so that's annabelle hopefully this time recorded better <laughs> but we're still defenders of annabelle we'll always be defenders of annabelle we will be talking about annabelle creation next time Mm-hmm. which is... I'm not going to tell you if I think it's better or worse. You'll just have to listen and find out. If you could give us... I don't know. We're not on iTunes yet, so there's not the ability to review and stuff. But you can follow us on Spotify and Google and all that stuff. Do that. Why not? Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Give us some comments, feedback. That'd be great. And uh, Gracias for listening. Thank you. And hasta la próxima. Bye.